The views and opinions expressed in the Golden Boot Podcast are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the Golden Boot Podcast as a whole. Y'all ready to get rolling? Quiet on the set. Hey, welcome back to another episode of HBCU. It's your boy Pooh Bell. Got my man Ant Petty Murphy in the building. We got a lot going on, man. We got College World Series, NBA draft. Yeah, yeah. But you know what that means? It's time to talk football. Let's get ready for football season, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I don't care what nobody say. Every it's day. always football season. Every day, listen. I found myself the other day at practice with the with the kids. It started raining, right? And I was thinking to myself, oh man, I don't want to be out here in this rain. Lord, I don't want to be out here in this rain. I want to go home. And I was looking when the kids started doing the drill wrong. I was like, drop your butt. And I was like, y'all my cones. Hey, listen. Show them, huh? I, I, man, I, I jumped in full coach mode so quick. Be blowing that whistle a lot, man. I ain't even got a whistle, man. I got to get a whistle. I, hey, you know what I do? I be like, you ain't the, you ain't the coach to. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got no whistle, so I be like, hey, end of the play, stop. Yes. <laughs> you ain't no coach till you got a whistle, man. I know, man. I got to get one, man, but I'm going to get one. We going to get that, though. Dylan was talking about buying me a whistle uh, last year. I was like, nah, first, it's flag football. I, I mean, it don't I, matter, man. You need a whistle, bro. Yeah. I'd be blowing more than the head coach, though. You know, I'm pause. I'd be blowing my whistle yeah. more than the head coach. Yeah, there you and go. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh <Hey>. man. <laughs> in the mean, in the meantime, that's all you can hear from me. <laughs> right. Tell them, tell them kids stop. But uh, man, man, I do want to start the show off like this. I want to give a major shout out. Uh. Ken Clark, Zoe Phillips, Marcus Williams from uh, Tiger Talk fourteen hundred. Uh, that's you know saying our brothers over on Believe, you know Jackson State guys. Uh, they set out on a mission to raise fifty thousand, um, and they did it in two weeks. Major shout out to them. Yeah, man. major shout. Out. Hold on, man. We got got give them their love, big man. Up. Big ups. Yeah. I would say this major shout out. I, you know, saying love the way they came up with that. You know, saying uh, y'all lists are still horrible. I will say that. Uh, I ain't talking major, about. It. I'm gonna talk about it because they were coming after us about our list, and they put up a list that was just terrible. Now I was just playing. Uh, but all seriously, man, big big shout out to them. Uh, also, man, do want to shout out, man, Kamari Avery, man from Bethune Cookman. And also, uh, Jackson State defensive lineman Justin uh, Ragan, 
I want to say that's right. I want to. It could. I, it's, I know it's ragging, but it's spelled like, you know, how the Raging Cajun spell it with no G on the end. That's how it's spelled. Yeah, Reagan. Reagan. So, but man, both of those gentlemen were claimed by the uh, XFL's St. Louis Battlehawks uh, undrafted free agents, man. So, a uh, big shout out to those gentlemen. Um, I know. Uh, and Avery. Man, Sleeper. listen. Listen, AJ McCarron just got him a nice little weapon. Yes. So um, that size and that athleticism, man, yes. he's gonna dominate big time, big time. Um, also, man, wanna uh, I, I know there's been a lot of back and forth, man. Uh, wanna send prayers to uh, Coach Deion Sanders. He uh, is having to have emergency sur- uh, surgery. He had a blood clot in his groin area, so they're they're doing that. that yeah, you yeah. hate to hear that, man. It's it's. I know we kind of have our back and forth going, you know, talk about, you know, different stuff. But, you know, when it comes to stuff like this life, you know, definitely, you know, so God cherish them. Uh, also, man, fam, you big shout out to a uh, former Rattler, uh, Mr. G. Scott uh, Uzel. Uh, he was named the vice president and GM for Nike North America. Major. Major, Major shout out to him, man. Major, yes, sir. So, so since it's NBA draft night, right? <clears throat> talk to me. It's something you said we were gonna talk about. Let's go. Yeah, we gotta talk about it, man. Mm-hmm. We talk about it in football all the time. The lack of respect, the lack of recognition that the uh, HBCUs get when it comes time for draft. Mm-hmm. I think it's worse. In the NBA, honestly, I can agree. Um, my question is, what what does HBCUs need to do to change that narrative, to change the way that they're viewed by NBA? Because we've seen this year, we've seen multiple HBCUs go knock off the quote unquote Power Five schools. Mm-hmm. Um. We've seen them. We've seen them beat them in the tournament. You know what I'm saying? We've seen them beat them in, in whether it's the you know the NIT or the, or the actual NCAA tournament. We've seen that happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, so like, what what more does it take? Um, that's a good question. See, in football, a lot of times it says, "Hey, you know, scheduling. You know, you need to schedule more FBS opponents." Well, in mm-hmm. basketball, uh, let's be honest. That. They scheduled them, but then when you have stuff that happens like what you saw with the SWAC, where they whooped up on that uh, the Pac-12, um, and then you see where other coaches try to schedule games uh, and they get basically rejected. Um, what more can you do? It's, it's, I think it's got to be more on uh, the NBA uh, we talked about them having that separate HBCU combine um, and, and possibly doing like what the XFL does, invite those guys to a, to the NBA combine, the, the guys who stand out the most, so you can see them against, you know what I'm saying, uh, talent see, from those larger I have a I have a problem with that because I, the NFL combine is strictly mm-hmm. individual performances you're right it's what you do on this drill it's what you do in running these routes throwing these passes whatever the case may be in basketball 
the biggest part of the combine isn't the individual stuff that matters, but the biggest part is the five on five games. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? How do you, especially for those guys who are you know late first round, second round picks, it's how do you do in a in a five on five game like atmosphere against other NBA caliber players? You don't always see that in college. You don't always see that overseas. So the the doing it uh, HBCU combine basketball. That that's not really giving those players a fair chance like it is in football, so to speak. Because in football, you're running the same drills. You can compare time to time. You know what I mean? You can compare how he ran this route to how he ran this route. You can't do that in basketball. In basketball, you can't say, oh, this guy shot this three-pointer against this 6'3 defender. Oh, but then he's over here in this in the other combine. Well, that'll be a 6'7 defender. You know what I mean? He. he so give him an opportunity to go against the six seven defender then and let Joe Bryan show what he's really about. Let some of these other guys show what they're really about. Sam Sessions and some of these other Shandarian Coward for Gremlin. Let them go show what they're about against the people who y'all claim are NBA caliber. Complete <clears throat> excuse me, completely agree. Um but when you say that, you also gotta think about this. Joe Bryant was at he went to the pit this year he was invited to the pit so you know he has it um what what more do you need and and granted the the draft isn't over yet but the writing's on the wall but my point is this though bro like if you you can pull up whatever one of them mock drafts you want to pull up whatever one you want you can pull up whatever big board you want to pull up show me where they at you know what I mean? Show me the names from HBCU players, from HBCU uh, athletes. Show them to them. They're not there. They're not getting the recognition, bro. And it right. doesn't matter that a Grambling knocks off multiple Power Five schools in a year. It doesn't matter that Jackson State goes on State goes on State goes on Rogers and beats a mid-major school. You know what I mean? None of that matters. Yeah. Oh, it- and and the thing, and my bad to interrupt, but the thing about it is. Football, at least, they have the XFL, the USFL, even the CFL. They have these outlets to go to go perform and kind of get that call up to the NFL, so to speak. In basketball, you got to go overseas to get that. G League overseas. I mean, honestly, how many G League opportunities you getting these days? Because yep. a lot of them G League guys are drafted who are on two-way deals with their NBA team. That's true. So, I mean – it's it's the road the route to the NBA isn't there for the undrafted guy like it is in other sports. Yeah, it's uh I don't know, man. But uh Dave pops up. Dave Irwin says, uh, it's easy to put them on the court together, but for some odd reason, people who are smart enough to make these suggestions just aren't doing it. It has to be something to uh today, and I hate to just go to racism, but damn, what is it? And I agree. I mean, I ain't going to be the one to just automatically go to racism neither, but right. all I'm saying is there's something that needs to be done. There has to be something that ain't getting done. I mean, j- just tell me what it is so that we can give HBCUs the same opportunity, the athletes from these HBCUs the same opportunity as a guy from UCF who just went in the lottery. You know what I mean? Like, UCF ain't no basketball powerhouse. You know what I mean? They found him. How come they ain't finding these guys from HBCU? I mean, you yeah. just I just want to know. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to say that uh 
if it weren't for the pay, never mind. I ain't gonna go there. Never mind. Because I was gonna talk about how they, you know, what I'm saying about this going overseas. Well, I'm gonna leave it alone because that's that's gonna go down the avenue. I don't need to. But uh, man, hey, also I do want to shout out uh Al Anthony Lawrence, man. Got my yeah. my my Southern shirt from him. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate your Anthony Lawrence collections. Uh, great, great product over there. Uh, but man, we got we got some special guests. We got some Uh-oh. special guests. Got I got some, a, got I got a royalty I gotta get, in the house, huh? Yeah, we got some royalty. We got some, we got some. Uh, get get my where my cup at? I got to find me a cup. Hey, they got a ring on that finger now, though, bro. What's the ring on that finger when they hold it up? Gotcha, gotcha. Then we got uh, we'll get then we to got it. somebody who got two rings. So I guess I don't know how they, I don't know how they, you know, they do like they like them. I don't know. We we gonna get to it though. Let's. I don't know what they do these days, man. No comment. All right, man. Let's uh, <laughs> before we get going, man, let me shout out to our sponsors over at Bet Online. BetOnline.ag. We'll be back in one minute. BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your sports information, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds, lines, and player injury reports for this year's NBA and NHL playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters. This season, we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. We have everything from NBA, NFL, MLB, and NHL to golf, tennis, UFC, and boxing. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games that you can play right from your home. Head on over to betonline.ag today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use the promo code BLEAV to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Ooh, we had to bring back royalty in this thing. From the X's and O's podcast, the queen of the X's and O's podcast, Miss Erica Lee, welcome back. Also, hold on. I got to get it right because you know he don't like if you don't get it right. From the What's Going Down episode of That's My Mama. You might have seen him in your church speaking. Raising the raising funds for them boys in Durham, Mr. Joshua Sims. Welcome back, lady and gentlemen. Thank y'all you for joining the, us. You forgot the senior, but oh, no. I'm sorry, the senior. Yeah, you're right. Uh, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. How yeah, y'all doing yeah. this evening? You know, you do me so dirty. You're going to leave something out every time you do my Every job. time, bro. Every time. Every time. I just can't get it right. I just can't get it right. Listen, I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this on the front part now so I won't get in trouble with the CEO. She's on here with us, so I'm not going to get in trouble. I'm technically on June break. I'm on vacation right now, so I don't want no problems. E, do not send me an email. I'm sorry <laughs> that I'm out and about like this. This is not how you would like for me to be representing. So to, to all of our partners and sponsors, I'm on June break, and I'm supposed to be out getting some weight. So I just need to say greetings to my fellow co-champ. It's so wonderful to see you. <laughs> I even got my football jersey on. I'm ready. Yeah, I see you. Ain't no, in the, ain't no, she ain't in no, the spirit no over there already. Ain't no co-championships in the national championship, y'all. 
Y'all know that. We don't got no We don't got no MEAC championship shirts running around Durham. We only got daddy <laughs> walking around right now. Yeah, so we ain't yeah. even think about that coach championship. Y'all can have that. Yeah. Oh man. But hey, that's, that's, um, that's real. Appreciate y'all coming on with us, man. On uh, you know, kind of kind of short notice. Um, but we wanted to do it right, uh, as far as talking about each team. Uh, we'll talk about the MEAC. We're gonna talk about the SWAC. Uh, try to talk about some of the independent schools. Uh, well, some of the HBCU schools that aren't in HBCU conferences. Um, probably talk some SIAC, CIAA. But in order to do that, we got to start somewhere. Why not start with the MEAC? Defending with the celebration champ. celebration bowl champions and the co-champs from the MEAC. So we had to have y'all on. Uh, man, first, let me let me ask this. Um, Erica, latest first. How um, we talked to you during the spring and stuff. Uh, we know everybody's kind of getting getting in that mode and stuff. What's the feel about the team so far as far as like they starting to feel football season or it's kind of like we, we almost there or not yet? think hopes are high honestly I think energy is high we got so many returning um seniors and juniors we got a lot of upperclassmen on both sides of the ball so I think the momentum just coming from last season being co-champs um ending on a win against Morgan State our rival um Uh Uh (laughs) um I think expectations are high this season, honestly. And I think um, I was discussing it with my dad a couple of days ago. I I think if we get out of September with three wins, no less than two wins, I think we, I think we have a good feelings going into me at play. Okay. Josh, uh, same question, man. What's the feels around campus? You know what I'm saying? Uh, With the, with the defending celebration bowl champions. Well, honestly, man, right now, you know, and I have enough conversations with the coaches to notice that, you know, right now they've completely flushed out last season. Um, You know, the the biggest motivation that they have, and it's not a shot to those guys down in Orangeburg, is the biggest motivation that they have is is seeing what happened to South Carolina State a year after a national championship. And that is literally what's, you know, what's plastered on the walls, what's framed inside of the halls, what's inside the weight room is that you don't want to become the example you don't want to be that example of another team that wins a national championship and then they fall off. So right now at 1801 Fable Street, these guys are not even thinking about what happened in December of 2022. The focus is 110% on the 2023 season, but it does make it a little bit easier to focus on the next season. I won't say easier. It makes the process a little bit more simplified when 90 plus percent of your team from last year who was on it was a national championship team. When 90-plus percent of your team is back, you've got arguably the best NFL, HBCU NFL prospect that we've had at the quarterback position in well over 15 years. And then you've got an entire offense back. You've got a defense that's ultra-motivated. You've got transfers in that look to come in and be able to help early and often. I mean, you've just got a motivated bunch in Durham. So it makes it a little bit better, but I will say that right now, their focus is almost like it didn't even happen. It's almost as if it didn't exist. And that is the mentality that you want when you want it. You know that you're going to be the hunted, but you also got to remain the hunter. 
Yeah. <clears throat> so, Erica, I know you, this was kind of new territory for y'all. So, how do you how do you kind of temper expectations? Because I know y'all, like you said, y'all are riding high based off what y'all did last year, bringing a lot of people back. But how do you kind of stay grounded and kind of, you know what I mean, stay focused on the mission and not let last year, like Josh was talking about, not not kind of not looking both directions at the same time and, and not resting on what you did last year. I mean, honestly, let's be frank, it is Howard football. I don't think tempering expectations is hard for us. Um, <laughs> like there's like this hope and then there's this reality and we kind of are falling in between that, honestly. I mean, we know when things, we can have some really high seasons. I think 2017, we went seven and four and then the next year we went two and nine. So, um, you know, we, you don't have to worry about us coming in with inflated egos and expectations about what we're do this year based on last year. I don't think that's going to be an issue. Well, well, okay. In that case, then how do you build on what you did last year and avoid having a scenario where you go two and nine following a good season? I think that's um, what coach Scott is really trying to convey to the team. Like, you know, it was great last year. We got a lot of returners. Let's just keep our nose to the grindstone and keep building. Um, but the season, the schedule looks favorable. I will say that. And I think that helps. I mean, we stayed on the road almost all season last year. And we have a lot more home bouts this year, which is great. I got a question for you, Erica, uh, before we switch back over to Josh. Uh, Y'all had some kind of coaching changes and stuff like that. How How is the... Um, how's the new staff uh, gelling and stuff? Um, that I'm not quite sure about just because I haven't been down there to really kind of check things out. But I will say us as fans are very keen on having Greg McGee back. Like he is one of our all-time best quarterbacks. We loved him while he was at Howard. So his return back to the Mecca is, is something really special. And uh, Lindsey Lamar stepping up to be the offensive coordinator um, following our previous OC's departure towards Dell State, um, in my opinion, is a very exciting move. Um, so I think we should probably see some more fluidity in the offense coming this season. Yeah. Uh, you got to ask uh, Coach McKee how he felt making our top 10 list. But anyway, we'll move on. Uh <laughs> I appreciated it. Thank you. <laughs> All right, uh, so let me ask Josh, man. Uh, you you talked about uh, and alluded to uh, Davius Richard, uh, one of the probably best prospects uh, to be drafted in the NFL as a quarterback from HBCU that we've had in a long time. Um, what has his kind of growth been like over the summer, getting ready? To yeah, this, this offseason – I'm sorry. No, no go ahead. No, I was saying this offseason is, is probably been um, – this has probably been one of the most important offseasons in all of HBCU football because we know that if you have a quarterback prospect in, in HBCU football, in football in general, when you have a quarterback prospect, you there's much more of an opportunity to showcase other players at other positions rather than if you – you know, if your premier position is another position or a guy on defense or a guy on the offensive defensive line, it's a little different. So this offseason, man, you know, it kind of lined up perfect for him. 
for those of you guys who have not paid a lot of attention to North Carolina Central's quarterback room over the years, which we haven't really given you a reason to pay attention, um, you know, we've got the three previous quarterbacks that we've had in North Carolina Central's program have now all kind of seemingly wrapped their arms around this young brother. Um, Malcolm Bell, who's a, a, a top quarterback trainer based out of Virginia, uh, third all-time in, in total yards as far as in school history. Um, this is a guy who gets the opportunity to go to the NFL quarterback summit every single year. Davius Richard went up to go train with him this summer. Uh, Jordan Reed, who was my quarterback in North Carolina Central, works for the ESPN, works in the NFL department at ESPN, does the mock, mock drafts, and works with Mel Kuyper, works with Todd McShay. Jay Reed has wrapped his arms around Davius Richard this year. Uh, Mike Johnson, who was my very first quarterback in college, played when we were transitioning into Division One. One of the best agents in all of, of uh, professional sports, specifically in football and in basketball, has wrapped his arms from a, from a mentorship perspective, not from an agency perspective, but from a mentorship perspective around Davis Richard. So this has been so, so important. And the beautiful thing about this young brother that I don't think people highlight enough is not only that he's humble, but that this young brother listens. He listens to the guys. I mean, we've had, you know, Air Harvey come back into the program and be more active. You know, our all-time lead, he's our GOAT. He's back in the program. He's had a chance to mentor Davies. I mean, this has been an incredible offseason for this young brother. But it, it, it'll mean nothing if he doesn't come back next season and do what we what we hope and wish that he's going to be able to do. But we know for a fact that he has the skill and the ability to do so. Uh, we're looking forward to it, man. I, I think everybody's wrapped their arms around him. He's listening. He's a humble guy. He's just a guy that likes to put his head down and work. And as I've said on every publication, man, if you're an NFL team looking for a quarterback, you're in the quarterback business like all of you, all 32 teams are, you need to have him on your draft board. You need to send your scouts on the planes, book their hotel rooms, come check them out in, Lo in uh, Los Angeles in late September. For sure, man. And, and I'm – I'm ready to see what he does in that game because that's the game that everybody's going to point to to say, you know, what it, what he either did or didn't do against Power 5 competition. So I'm ready to see him show out out there on that big stage. <clears throat> but, Miss Erica, looking forward to – I mean, looking towards next season, what's one thing that you're kind of hoping that improves from last season going into this season for the uh, Bison? Um, I've had my critiques of our quarterback, um, Quentin Williams. I mean, a lot of people are high on him. I think I'm probably a little overly harsh. I would like to see him um, get the ball out quicker, um, you know, make the decision quicker to run when the play is not developing. I, he's, a, he's a pocket quarterback. That's what he is. Um, I would like to see him run a little more. I think that's one thing that Davius Richards is a dual threat, right? Like he can really see the field and if the play isn't there to, to throw, he's going to run. I would like to see Quentin do more of that. I think um, a lot of the times where a lot of the games we lost last year were close, save for <laughs> Central. Um, a lot of the times um, the difference to me was some of that decision-making and in in the pocket and so i'm hoping that uh greg mcgee will have helped him to improve a little bit more i mean he was second in the MEAC in passing second in the MEAC quarterback total yards like 
it's not like he underperformed, but I think those little tweaks could send him to the moon. Yeah, I gotcha, I gotcha. Now, Josh, I know it's kind of hard to improve on being the national champions, but um, if you had to look at y'all's squad, what, what's one thing that you would say kind of needs improvement, an area that y'all could work on to get better at? Well, well, I mean, this was self-proclaimed by them. I mean, we needed to be better on defense. This was self-proclaimed by the coaching staff. This was self-proclaimed by, by the players themselves, um, you know, by our defensive coordinator, who's probably the most winningest coordinator in all of probably college football at this point. I mean, it's, you know, Courtney uh, Cord has won now five national championships as a coach. I mean, I mean, this is probably the most winningest coordinator in all of college and all of HBCU football. Nonetheless, um, we needed to be better on defense. And if you guys have been paying attention, there were some specific positions that we definitely need to get better at, most notably on the defensive line. Um, we returned the defensive back quarter has two All-Americans. A lot of people forget that Brandon Codrington was an All-American uh, one season, not last season, but the season prior to. He's back. Um, you know, we've got Khalil Baker, who was all-world last year. We've got all of those Cole Jones and 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 all of the other guys that we have in that defensive backcourt that is that is healthy. Linebackers have been together since they were freshmen. All of these guys are back. And the biggest question was, what do we do up front? Defensive line was our biggest question going into the offseason. They remained the biggest question for us last season. All, that, that Howard offensive line was was very, very good. I was not necessarily surprised because it was homecoming and you can put together a scheme against a really good offensive line if you do it right. So I, I thought that that was our biggest question. Oh, we got some guys back healthy. Jaden Taylor is back healthy. Uh, Quintez Tez is back healthy. Um, we bring in some, some transfers in. We got a guy from Virginia Tech who we believe is going to be good on the edge. Just picked up the young fellow from uh, Big E, E the third. We just picked him up from Kentucky State a Division II transfer up to North Carolina Central. You know, we've got some additional guys that we can't haven't announced yet that are on campus, that are on that defensive line. So uh, that is where I believe our biggest question is going to be. And, and I'm going to say this. When I was at the spring game, one of the things that I heard unanimously across the defensive side of the ball was that they felt like that was an offensive national championship. They felt like they were not necessarily a part of the party. They wanted to be a part of the party. And they felt like their performance in the Celebration Bowl wasn't even worthy of being able to say that they were, you know, they carried their own. They held their own. So you look at that and you got a motivated and what I described to be a violent and fast defense. The only time is going to tell when they get off them, when they get let loose, what they're going to look like. And so I'm excited to see what that's going to look like. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry, I'm laughing. Uh, David Irwin, <laughs> Irvin said, bruh. That's what Josh looks like, Richard Sherman. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I I don't know about look, but I can I can see the mannerisms, kind of the the talk. But I tell you what, Richard Sherman. Yeah, like, I, I don't know I don't know about look now, but I, I take the mannerisms. Yeah, don't you ever try me with a school like North Carolina A&T. <laughs> Yeah. School that we don't, we don't call them that now. We call them school down the highway. All low. Oh yeah, yeah, letters. you know. But I, I'm not gonna call them that. Letters. I'm not gonna call them that. You know what I mean? But I understand. But uh, let me ask this, Josh. Um, 
and I hate to keep going back to to Davis Richard, um, but you've almost got to push a Heisman like campaign just to get him attention, um, to to kind of raise awareness to get him drafted. Um, when you look at some of the great HBCU uh, quarterbacks that we've had um, who didn't get that chance. Um, does that kind of, I don't know, as an alum push you to kind of say, hey, we got to do our, our part to kind of help these guys? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, I've been open and honest about the fact that the reason why I started HBCU Nightly and what HBCU Nightly is, we're new media. I'm biased. Um, but I also have the ability to walk and chew gum at the same time. I'm pro North Carolina Central. I'm always going to wave that flag. I'm pro MEAC. I'm, I'm, I side more with the MEAC, but I have the ability to cover both. And in this particular situation, I just so happened to really get into this from a personality standpoint, almost at the perfect time. Um, you know, and, and the same thing kind of resonates with David, Davius, right? You know, you almost couldn't. Picture, you couldn't put together a more perfect schedule for a guy who's trying to present himself to the NFL as a draftable quarterback. I mean, let's let's talk about this. I mean, uh, Coach Willie Simmons said it a, a few a few weeks ago. I saw a documentary. He said it a few weeks ago. Fifteen hundred guys get a chance to go play in the NFL. There's seven billion people on this planet. You talking about really even in the NFL? You ain't even talking about fifteen hundred quarterbacks. You're talking about maybe at best 64, at best 64. That's if every single team in the league has two, has one to two guys on their roster that play the quarterback position. You might have some teams that have three guys. So you're talking about, and then you're not talking about a new, fresh 64 guys every single year. That means you got to kick somebody out of job. You got to do it old school style like how we used to have. You got to kick somebody out of a job. You're going to have to take somebody's job. His job right now along with all of our job right now is to market publicize and advertise his skill set so well that he is in a position to take one of these 64 guys job can he take another grown man's food off his plate does he have the skill and the ability does he have the tangibles the intangibles to do that that's life in the nfl that's what happens. That's what you have to be able to present to show that you're going to have to go there. I think that he's shown the skill and the ability, but now it's all of our job as North Carolina Central graduates, as North Carolina Central football program, athletics department, the institution itself. It's all of our job. If we're talking about an institution's responsibility is to present young men and women to the professional ranks, whatever industry they're going into, we all have to wrap our arms around this young brother. And you just think about what this can do for the institution. The first quarterback from an HBCU drafted since 2006, God rest the dead, Tavares Jackson. As an institution, you have to be all on top of that. This is an opportunity. This is the front door of your institution being the football program. This is an opportunity for you to put your front door on front street. So there's a lot of conversations that are happening around 1801 Fayetteville Street. I think the North Carolina Central is one of the leading institutions where they don't hide behind the fact that we are sports. We we really buy into our sports. Over almost four million dollars was raised from the celebration bowl alone. I mean, the reality is that we are head over heels for this young brother. And it's only gonna be a matter of time next year when the draft comes that you see this brother's name called. And when it's called, we don't know, we don't care. We just hope that his name is called. 
and we know what that can do for the institution and what that can do for a person um like his family him and his family man that's gonna change their lives yeah um erica let me ask you this what are some names for howard that we need to know going into the season well first i want to say it's super cute on the Howard football site, on the schedule, it has us penciled in for the Celebration Bowl. Just want to put that out there. So we were speaking things into existence, friends. We're speaking it into existence. Um, <laughs> yeah, all right. Not that laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we got a lot of names to really watch out for, honestly. Like um, the defense is senior laden. Um, the de the defensive line, the offensive line is humongous. We got multiple six, 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 seven dudes, um, between 260 and 350 pounds on the line. We have gotten discernibly bigger on both sides of the, of the football. Um, on the defensive side, Kenny Gallup, he was first team on MEAC last year. He's a six, one, 210 pound defensive back. Um, he's a senior, he's coming back. Uh, Blue Bloods named him to their preseason FCS All-American team. Um, we're very high on Kenny Gallup. Uh, led this MEAC in uh, solo tackles, 58 solo tackles last year. Um, on the offensive side, Demetrius Weatherspoon, he's a junior, 6'7", 340 pounds, offensive lineman. Um, Brennan Brown is our senior tight end. You should uh Watch out for first team on MEAC last year, 6'5", 250 pounds. Uh, Blue Bloods named him to their 2022 All-American team last year. Jarrett Hunter, um, our very celebrated senior running back from last year, he's back. Uh, Eden James is a sophomore. He had a lot of hype coming in last year. I thought he was underutilized last year as a freshman. Uh, Y'all probably saw me tweeting about that a lot. Um, he is our not-so-secret weapon, and I think he will be utilized quite uh, often this season. So we got some studs, and I think if they can put it all together, I feel like, you know, the MEAC competition, the MEAC race will come down to, to the wire in November. Yeah. So Josh said the schedule lines up pretty well for, you, for, for Davis and for y'all. So – Earlier this month, you all on the HBCU Nightly Show. For y'all who don't know, go check it out every Wednesday. Um, y'all predicted North Carolina Central to go 10 and 1. Are you good with that? Would you make a change to that? Or are you standing by that 10 and 1? Listen, I'm, I'm going to go with the panel. I'm going to okay, side with okay. the panel. Um, I'm gonna side with the panel. I'm gonna, yeah, let me just keep it real, man. Listen, um, <laughs> I don't so you, know. You okay with that ten and one as long as it's a national no, championship with it? No, I, I'm I'm not okay with ten and one. I'm gonna go with ten and one because that's okay. what the panel voted on. Okay, okay. I, 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 I am I am of the impression. I've watched enough of their film. I've studied enough of that team. I am of the impression that UCLA is not a better team than we are. Mm. All right, and, and okay. I'm I'm I've had a chance to see the board, and this is something that I've had the opportunity to do. That I know that everybody else on this on the panel did not has not had a chance to see. I've had a chance to be in Durham and see what's on them boards and what's the strengths and weaknesses of that team. What what the coaches see, what it is, and there's a bounce in the step of our coaches in Durham that 
there's something that they see. And so I will be in LA. I'm gonna leave it at what this what the panel said. The panel said 10 and 1. I'm gonna go with 10 and 1. But I'm gonna tell you now. Don't be surprised if it's 11 and up. When it happens, when it happens, I anticipate probably our biggest show ever on HBCU Nightly when it happens. Will, Willie Simmons gave us a great, a great, I mean, Willie Simmons, coach, shout out to Coach Willie Simmons down in Florida and them, man. He gave us a great blueprint and a manuscript as to how you defeat teams like that. And ladies and gentlemen, in case you don't know, it doesn't matter how many more scholarships you have. It's mm. only 11 guys that can be on the field yeah. on each yeah. side of the ball at a time. Yeah. You are not playing 85 of your scholarships. You're not going to play all 85 of your scholarships in that game and all your walk-ons and all you're <clears> not going to play in that game. We are not a pushover. We are not that type of team. They're going to have to come and bring their hard hat. So do not be surprised. Just don't be surprised. That's all I'm going to leave it at. I'm going to agree with everybody on the 10 and 1. But outside of that, no. I mean, we, we take care of business against our two rivals to start the season. Start to open the season. We'll be with some state. We'll beat the school down the highway. After we get past them, we'll have UCLA after that, which is it's going to be a big-time game. Uh, you know, then we get a chance to clear out the state of Mississippi against Valley, which is going to be important to us as well. Uh, we were hoping we were going to host them at the crib, but we're going to get a, we're going to get a bag from the Circuit City Classic for that one. Um, and then we go into a really tough part of our conference, uh, our schedule. Um, we got a couple CAA schools that one one in particular that we got to get our face back against Campbell. We got to get our face back against them. Elon, we got to take care of business against Elon as well. Um, you know, we'll have Campbell at the crib. We'll have Elon on the road. After that, we get a chance to get a break, and then we go into conference. Once we go into conference, all gloves is off, everything, all that stuff. Eric, I hear you. I know y'all got it penciled in. That must have been a number two pencil and, and something that can be erased. So I hope that y'all can be able to erase that, that pencil marking y'all put on there on that website. Um, November 11th. November Listen, 11th. On, on my birthday. November we 11th. We come up to Green State. And ladies and gentlemen, 2400 State Northwest. I'm, I'm coming to stay at Erica House that weekend. I'm going <laughs> to kick my feet up. We're going to beat the brakes off of me. Hopefully, she don't kick me out and send me back to Charlotte. Not at like, like, I'm, not. like I'm a bus. Not at <laughs> Green. Listen, can anybody anybody remember the last time that Howard beat us in their stadium? Does anybody remember the year? I don't. <laughs> I'll do some research. Thank you. <laughs> That's what I like here. That's what I like here. But, Pooh, and, you know, I love y'all, man. Ain't nothing y'all can do about it. Uh, I got to run because we got a baby with a big poop diaper. Uh-oh. Uh, oh, yeah. So, and, go uh, ahead and let so go yeah, ahead I got to go business. take care of business. Hey, but yeah. Before you go, I, I just want to say this. Go be the Pac-12 team since Graham wasn't able to knock it off. Go go do it for us, man, and hold it down for us, HBCU. Hey, hey, hey. If they be the Pac-12 team and we beat them, then we be the Pac-12 team. That's how I don't think it worked like that. Right, man. But, hey, man, yeah. listen, I appreciate you guys letting me on the show. E, I love you. Uh, uh, listen, July 7th, season two of HBCU Nightly kicks back off. My brother BJ Jones in July comes back season three of Inside HBCU Football. Um, you know, X's and O's on Saturday, season one of X's and O's. Um, the Saturday morning show kicks off um, in September, late, late August, early September. Please tune in to everything we have going on at X and, o, X and O's Network. Um, and, uh, man, Pooh. And man, I appreciate y'all. We'll be back for season two. You know, y'all got to be up there on that panel when we oh, kick the man. season two off, baby. Always, appreciate man. you, brother. Appreciate, appreciate you. All right. All right. Appreciate y'all, man. Y'all have a good night. All right, you too. All right. Uh oh.
Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. I don't know if I like this. I, we well, can do I mean, it don't matter to me. Yeah, it's a little close. But uh I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that same question to you, Miss Erica. Um y'all's panel. They had the bison going six and five on the season. Um are you gonna stick with that? I don't know. I don't I don't know if you were personally there that night. I uh, wasn't the there panel. that night. Yeah, so do you want to defend defend your squad and, and kind of go with the panel or, or make a few changes? I think seven and four is reasonable. Okay, okay. Um, I mean, I feel a little disrespected because we went, you know, four and one in MEAC play last year. Uh, but I think seven and four is reasonable. I see Harvard being a test, yeah. Northwestern being a test, Eastern Michigan being a test. And central is my seven and four, or eight and three. Yeah. That's my toss up. And I only say a toss up is because they have to come to us. Yeah. And after what happened in Durham last year, I have a feeling that the team coming back has some feelings about what happened in Durham last year. And uh, our two our two matchups at home last year were were sellouts. Um, they were raucous. I don't. I don't think people think that we have a home field advantage, but we have an yeah. alumni base and a new student population that is engaged in athletics. Um, as you've seen across the board, Howard swept all things MEAC this year. Mm -hmm. They are into mm -hmm. it. And I don't think that anybody coming to Howard this year, which includes should be uh, Norfolk State, Morgan State, and Central, understand that it's going to be a sellout and it's going to be loud. And they're they're they've never experienced that before, um, so I think our sixth man, so to speak, will help us in those games. So let me ask this, Erica. Um, sellout crowds are those day games because I know they trying to gentrify y'all neighborhoods and they be trying to tell y'all keep the noise down. Man, this is so, good. Well, they are day games because we don't have lights. You know. Oh, that's oh, <laughs> we brought them in for the Morgan game. Uh, yeah. years ago. That's so crazy that like the the like the two most prestigious HBCUs don't have lights. Like, no, like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I know do know y'all said that y'all are working on getting lights and stuff. Um, uh, let me. But on a serious note, uh, you talked earlier. You were talking about your your you know the defense. Um, um, and and listing the the size and stuff of the of those players. Um, the MIAC in the trenches has probably some of the, the, the biggest, uh, players, uh, in HBCU. Um, how does, well, I don't know if that, that's a good question. That's, I was going to say, how, how does that help as far as like, cause seeing a lot of those linemen get drafted and stuff. I mean, I'm not sure, but I will say Howard has a pretty good record of getting, players drafted we have a few more than some of the other schools who you know have storied programs so um at skill positions we've gotten a lot of we've gotten several folks drafted Antoine Bethea being chief amongst them so um we do have those connections with the NFL Antoine Bethea is always around the program too so in the same way that Central's kind of working on Davius Richards' behalf. We've always kind of had that same presence 
with working to figure out which players can go, which have the, the best potential to, to get pulled up. So um, we have some Super Bowl rings from Howard, but people think we're not an athletic school. <laughs> yeah, well, I know uh, a name, Donquai, he, he definitely is uh, going to be one of the ones who I think is going to be probably up there with Davis as one, number one, number two, or as far as HBCU prospects going into the draft next year. I mean, when you look at somebody who's that big – at six eight three sixty, I mean, like, and you you don't you can't teach that kind of size, and and for him to have the the footwork and the athleticism that he has at that size, I definitely think that's Sunday material right there. So, I definitely think that he's the one, or at least one of the ones that that marketing and that you know campaigning needs to start coming out for because he definitely has a chance and has the ability to play on Sundays. Yeah, I mean six eight on one side and six seven on another. Yeah, I mean that's, that's I, NFL size right there. Yeah. People are taking notice of our offensive line. Honestly, they, I mean, they were they were talking about it last year, um, but you know, this year I think it could be a problem. That's NFL size for real, and I mean you don't really see that on the FCS level, much less the HBCU level, too often. You know what I mean? When you talk about having a pocket pass a quarterback, there ain't nothing else that you can ask for but that right there. You know what I mean? Having having two guys who can protect his blind side and keep him from taking those hits. So it's setting up perfectly as far as the personnel, it just as far Gross. as the execution now. <laughs> this dude oh, right here, man. I'm sorry. I know it's HBCU out, but what this a game. Right here, is, it base- is it baseball? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Wake Forest. Wake Forest. Walk Wait, off. Wake Forest is first loss, right? No, that's oh. second. They just got eliminated. Yeah, that's it. On so. a walk off in the 11th inning. Ooh. Hey, Ooh. you know the crazy part about it? Shout out to uh, our good friend, Alan Bell. I had LSU minus one and a half. Boy. Hey. <laughs> zero, zero in the bottom of the 11th, and they just hit a two-run walk-off home run. Oh, man. Yeah. The, the baseball World Series has been fun. The college baseball oh, World Series has been crazy. Life. It's been crazy. Yeah, it's been crazy. And for, oh. for, like, for, I know we don't really talk a lot of baseball here, but for, like, college baseball season, it's been a lot of offense. You know, it's been all runs, home runs, and all that. Got to Omaha, and it just, like, yeah, nothing. Run games. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's been, been a very staunch difference from what we've seen all season, but I kind of like it. Uh, man, Erica, let me ask you this. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I had to. I, that just look. I've been following the whole World Series. I'm watching it every night. Yeah. So, uh, let me ask you this: What game do you have circled on your on on your? Uh... Oh, I think we know the answer to that. What well, game? I'm interested in what you all what y'all think. Go ahead. Aunt. <clears throat> Even though I think the the game with Central might have the most ramifications. Next year, I think. I think. I think the answer to that question is obviously Morgan State. I, uh-uh. I'm gonna tell you, it's Harvard because they auditioning for the Ivy League. It's got to be the Harvard game. Now I'm just it's playing. Neither <laughs> of the two. Um, although I think Banks has something up his sleeve because he's trying to one up me for what I did at that basketball game a couple months ago. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I feel like he thinks yeah. he's gonna pack the stands or something. Um, poor kids almost got in a fight at the basketball game. I felt really bad about that. Um, 
the game circled on my calendar, honestly, in every year. It's Hampton University. Oh. Mm. Because it sets the pace. Gotcha. Losing to Hampton early is ominous for us. Period. And that's every year. You know, we, we take them, uh, we face them the third game of the season. You know, Hampton can go two and ten, but one of those two games is going to be us, right? Yeah. So, you know, we can have all the, you know, great players in the world. We can have all the hype heading into into the season. And if we don't beat the Institute, like, it just brings the team down, the program mm-hmm. down, the, the student body down. It's really demoralizing, honestly. So if, that's why I said getting out of September, if we can be three and one and that one game be Eastern Michigan, I think we have some steam rolling into, into conference play. You know, you concede Harvard and Northwestern, you know, Northwestern at least. We'll see about Harvard. Um, but you got to get out of September with three wins. And I think you can do it. I think Robert Morris is a win. I think Morehouse is a win. You have to beat Hampton Institute, period. Yeah, uh, I did see the other day Hampton uh, brought brought back the throwback logo. I don't know if it's official, but they somebody put up the throwback logo with the pirate. DJ did. Man, that's Man. the best they've ever been. Yeah. <laughs> I right, we'll talk after the show. We'll talk after. Um. <laughs> My bad, y'all. It came out. Let me pull it back in. Oh, you ain't gotta apologize. That's yeah, I appreciate the petty. Yeah. Speaking of petty, I did. I was messing with you the other uh, last time you were on um, about was P Diddy. Did he ever write the check? He he did pay the first installment of the money he he said he was gonna get to Jackson State. So you know, what I'm saying shout out to that. Um, shout out to JSU. Your donation from Howard University alumni. I hope you enjoyed. <laughs> now stop calling yourselves the Mecca. No, mm. they're they're not the Mecca. They're the Mecca. It's a difference. The word Mecca should not be used in any context related to Jackson State University. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> uh, God, it was something else I was going to ask you about, Erica. Um, you talked about it earlier. Um, the emphasis on athletics had hasn't always been there for Howard. That is starting to change. Um, especially with uh track, uh football, basketball, um, uh, softball, uh, uh, what's the one that um rugby, the rugby team swimming, off swimming, yeah. So um, was this a a, a strategic push at the right time, or is it just that everything lined up? I think it was a strategic push with. Uh, President Frederick, you know, he's mm-hmm. leaving out as of September 1. Um, he came on in 2014, so almost 10-year tenure. And he wanted to align all of his strategies together, you know, emphasis on making sure that Howard was in good financial standing, you know, strengthening academic programs, strengthening the profile of the university, expanding the endowment, which I understand we have another big gift we're announcing here soon. Um, but also aligning the athletics piece um, because quite frankly, for a long time, it was embarrassing and it really didn't need to be. Um, I know he was quite aggressive 
in how he hired coaches. There were some bumps along the way, most notably in the football program. Um, but the ship was righted and you give them enough time to develop, to recruit, to retain um, and to perform. And it all just comes to a head. I mean, the, sw the, the swim team was about to be like dis disbanded. Mm. And now it was on the cover of Sports Illustrated within six years, six or seven years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, putting your resources where your mouth is, is, is a big part of it. You know, getting people to buy in, creating a culture, a culture that we haven't had in decades. And then all of a sudden, the ladies kind of took the lead quite quickly within, you know, we had SWAT championships in women's soccer. So we was traveling down to the SWAC and winning. Um, volleyball was going to the NCAA every year. This year was one of the first years we haven't gone to the NCAA in, a, in like four or five. Um, and then all of a sudden, everybody started tracking. I mean, golf. I mean, we had the HBCU Invitational. I think we... We beat Central by like 180 strokes. I don't even know why they play. It was it was really just everything is just tracking and to see the revenue sports finally come up to snuff was really right. really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you got anything else before we get up out of here? Because listen, I'm, I'm I'm fired up. I'm ready for football season. Yes, sir. Um, I do want to thank. I know Josh was, you know, say I had to leave. I want to thank Josh for for coming through. Uh, Erica, as always, always thank you for for bringing such such grace and class to to our to our show. Um, Representing the Mecca, the not the yes, indeed, indeed. They're trolls. That school. I'm not. Mm -mm, I ain't going though. I'm leading them folks. Why are they like that? I'm leading folks along today, man. I don't, I don't understand it. <laughs> professionals said that they're professional trolls. Yeah. Oh man, but again, Erica. Uh, tell I know I know Josh mentioned it. Uh, if you got anything you want to put out, you know. So I know Josh talked about X's and O's, HBC nightly. But do you have anything else you you want to? put out yeah we're doing a we're starting a saturday show with x's and o's um pre-game coverage we're going to be doing some live shows in person so that's super exciting um i just literally made all my flight arrangements for all the places we're going um i'm actually going to be at a lot of swack matchups this year so um, okay okay well, i'm trying they okay. people make they critique saying you know miak folks don't know about the swack and you know, we don't pay attention or whatever. So I'm going to two Alabama State games, two FAMU games this year. So Alabama State Southern at Labor Day Classic, Alabama State PV, September 30th, uh, FAMU's homecoming in the Florida Classic. So okay. I'm trying. I, I would like to get a sense of what y'all got going on down in the SWAT. Now. I appreciate are, that. I appreciate Are you coming to SWAT Media Day? No. Oh. But I will be at the MEAC SWAC Challenge in August. And I will be in Atlanta in December to cheer on my team in the celebration boat. So she's gonna speak it in existence, boy. Yes, she is. I'm a praying woman. <laughs> I heard that. 
<laughs> so I'm excited. Um, I'll also be doing some stuff on Howard football. Um, we're working with some of our other folks who are just as invested in Howard football as I am. So we'll be putting on a couple of shows during the season for that. So there is renewed interest and it's, it's very exciting. All right, man, looking forward to it. Uh, definitely going to pay a little bit more attention to Howard this year. Uh, Cause they, I, I will say um, I, I didn't think they had a snowball chance um, the way they kind of started the season and they turned it around and I was, I was very impressed. So, Definitely gonna, you know, saying keep an eye out on them. If Dell State had completed the task against Central, it would have been us. But that's how the cookie crumbles. Yeah. But now y'all can kind of fly under the radar a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? I think it's, so. Yeah. Central got that big target on their back. Nobody really kind of keeping too much attention on y'all. That's what I'm hoping. So when yeah. November 11th comes around, I think Morgan's, Morgan State's going to be out for blood, but yeah. I'm hoping But that's two home games in a row. Um, so really, we got all the right environments to make it happen for ourselves. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. But again, as always, like I said, Erica, we do truly do appreciate you coming through um, and look forward to speaking with you again. Best of luck on the season. Uh, hey, we will be back on Monday. Monday. Uh, Till then, we out. This show was presented by BetOnline.ag. Bring me my money. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.